It's all about your health, your wellness. Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Get healthier, get fit, eat better, have a richer quality of life. Health on the go. Staying well with Melanie Cole, MS. A new study from researchers at the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania suggests that marijuana use may be associated with impaired sleep quality, especially in people who've been using the drugs since their teenage years. My guest today is Dr. Michael Grandner. He's an instructor in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Dr. Grandner. So marijuana is one of the most commonly used drugs in the U.S. And what are the implications, if any? of marijuana use on public health, specifically as it relates to sleep and the quality of sleep? So one of the reasons why understanding this is important is that um, with increased legalization and access, there's more people using it than there, than there had been before. And um, the use is, is showing up in populations where normally, you know, you would see less because it's, because it's, uh, um, illegal in many areas, it tended to overlap with other illegal activity, which may have biased some of the results, whereas um, as it's showing up uh, in, in areas where it's more legally obtained, we might, get a clear, we might be starting to get a clearer picture of what effects it may have relative to sleep. Another thing is um, that a lot of people, just anecdotally, uh, tend to report using it to maybe help with sleep problems. So it's important to know, does it work? Does it help with sleep problems? Does it make sleep problems worse? Does it, uh, and and um, for people with sleep issues, what should they know? And unfortunately, um, the answer is we don't know that much yet, but we're starting to. And uh, hopefully, as uh, some of these issues get more attention, people will start paying more attention to um, doing these sort of studies. So, you know, studies aside, what do you think, in your own personal experience or opinion, does it help you fall asleep but then not stay asleep? Because we know about alcohol, Dr. Grandner, and we know that sometimes yeah. alcohol can actually help you fall asleep, but then it interrupts the quality of your sleep. Do you have any right, theories right. on what so marijuana alcohol, would be doing? So with alcohol, the issue is, um, just like with any, any drug or any substance, as it enters your body, uh, your body processes it, metabolizes it. Um, with alcohol, on one hand, it gets processed very quickly. Um, and on the other hand, um, it also um, uses certain resources in the body, and that's how it impacts on sleep. So on one hand, it can, uh, it can help people fall asleep faster, though not as much as people tend to think. Um, and depending on on who you are, it may it may change, and, and how close to bedtime you're actually drinking. But also during the night, as your body processes it, it can um, it can end up waking you up and making your sleep more shallow. Uh, it looks like with, with marijuana, it's a slightly different story in that you don't have as short of a half life. With with, with alcohol, with, within an hour, most of it's out of your system. Uh, with this, it, 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 you're talking about a number of number of hours. Um, now, when you're talking about marijuana and sleep, um, there's, there's two real sources of information. One source of information are laboratory studies where you bring people into the lab, and it's somewhat of an artificial setting, and you measure their sleep. Um, for example, like what happens when you administer marijuana to somebody in the lab, and then what happens to their sleep versus... Um, 
maybe take people who are chronic users, and then they come into the lab and you measure what their sleep looks like. The other source of studies are um, going out into the community more survey-based studies. Um, the positive side of this is you get a more generalizable sample. You know who it is you're talking about. You're talking to real-world people in a real-world situation. The downside is um, even as much as you make these surveys anonymous and, and um, confidential, you know, there's always a bias in terms of reporting. And that's, that's what we did. Um, we actually, instead of going out and asking people, we actually got uh, a hold of data that the CDC are already collecting. And so the CDC is already interested in this. And one of the things they're doing is measuring marijuana use. And what we did is we looked to see, just taking a snapshot of the population, um, and this was from 2007, 2008, um, which was when, when these data were collected, which is important as... Uh, legalization efforts have changed very much in the past uh, several years. Um, so this is a nationwide sample um, where there are thousands of people from all walks of life, all ages. So this wasn't a targeted sample to people who they thought would be using or wouldn't be using. And they also asked them sleep questions. And, one of the, and what we were asking to, to see was, well, how is this stacking up in the real world? How is this, um, how is marijuana use playing out in terms of people who do or don't have sleep problems. Is it the case? And Dr. Granner, as you're asking these questions, because we only have about a minute or two left. So, you know, so what did you find out? What do you want the listeners to know? Basically what we saw, but basically what we found was, at first glance, it looked like people who were using marijuana had worse sleep quality overall. Um, But the question is that we can't look at cause and effect here because they're both assessed at the same time, which came first, we don't know. Um, but one thing we did look at was if we separate people on the age that they reported first using, whether it was before the age of 15, 16, age of 16 to 18, or over the age of 18 when they first uh, used marijuana, the people who started use before age 15 were the ones that were the most likely to also have a whole list of sleep problems, from difficulty falling asleep, difficulty staying asleep, with non-restorative sleep, daytime sleepiness, um, uh, etc. And so what it looks like is overall, people who have a history of use, no matter when it was, are also people who are more likely to have sleep problems, especially people who've used at earlier ages. And so it might be the case that, that marijuana did something uh, to sleep-wake regulation. What's more likely is the kind of people who are turning to this at younger ages, especially uh, before it's, it's been legal in most places, these are people who might be have already had a number of problems, and this might be just one way of trying to self-medicate. And the fact that as adults, they're still having sleep problems shows that even if it might have worked in the short term, it certainly wasn't a long-term solution to the sleep problem. Um, the one other thing that we looked at was, um, does amount of use, because otherwise we just had yes or no, but does amount of use matter? And there's a question in there, again, it's an anonymous, totally confidential survey across the entire U.S., asking how many days in the last month have you used at all? And when we only looked at people who've had any use in the last 30 days, um, one of the things we saw was the people who were using the most uh, in the last 30 days um, had more difficulty falling asleep at the beginning of the night, which you might think would be the opposite. If they're using yeah, the I most, would think that it's the opposite. Now, 
based on all of this, do you have some recommendations in just one minute that you can tell sure. people based on this on really either reversing it or falling asleep? Uh, based on what we based on what we've seen, um, marijuana could in the laboratory and it looks like out in the population, it could potentially either lead to sleep problems or it might not fix sleep problems that you have. Um, this doesn't this doesn't mean that each individual might be able to make a different choice. You know, it can vary from person to person. But if you're having sleep problems, this might not be the first thing to turn to. There are actually non-medication, non-prescription approaches like cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia, which has 20, 30 years of data showing that you can behaviorally sort of reprogram your sleep schedule, especially with a specialist, insomnia specialist who knows how to do it. And it can be extremely effective, even more so than medications without the side effects. So for people looking for ways of improving their sleep, the, the evidence doesn't show that this is this is a great choice. It doesn't necessarily show that it's going to necessarily make your sleep worse, but it might not help dramatically either. And that certainly is the message. So, you know, seeing a sleep medicine specialist such as yourself, if you're if you're suffering from chronic insomnia, maybe look at your past, see what you did. There, and there, there are, are all sorts of sleep aids out there. There are, you know, you can look at melatonin and sleep hygiene in a nice dark room and skip the electronics before bed. That probably would help, too. This is Melanie Cole. You're listening to Radio MD. If you missed any of our great information, you can listen anytime on demand or on the go at radiomd.com. Thanks for listening and stay well.